The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip. You won't be Sorry, go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. I'm retarded. Oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> oh, hot, 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 uh, hot, 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 Guillermo Valenzuela, I think you're, you nailed it. Guillermo said, I hate to say it, but if Sarver wants this all to go away and doesn't, sell, doesn't have to sell the team, if he wants that, he needs to spearhead getting Griner out of Russia while he's got his time off. And that will take this in a different direction. I'm like, I, I wonder if it would look like, would Brittany Griner like, stand in that cell and go, oh, no, you're the guy who says all the time. I'm not going with you. Like She'd be like, call me. All day long, get me the f out of here. Oh yeah, it would have been perfect if he would have went over there with that guy. The uh, we already have a guy over there negotiating. Oh yeah, we've got a few people that say they're doing something. Nothing's happening. But yeah, I mean, he goes over and grabs Brittany Griner with his time off. I think people would see it as like, oh, I know what he's doing. It's the, when they say that uh, there was somebody who was in trouble the other day, and they said uh, we we forced him to apologize, and then when he did, we didn't think it was authentic. Did you hear what you just said? You when is an authentic apology forced? We made him apologize, and when he did it, we didn't believe him. Well, you ma- did you hear it? You can't make someone apologize and expect it to be good. <laughs> if you're making them apologize to save their ass, it's automatically not authentic. It doesn't make sense that people don't. It's crazy. Uh, Jeremy fires off. He said, "Man, if Sarver only had a beat button, all of this could be avoided." I t- highly recommend. Everybody gets yourself one of these. The best part about this is, you don't know what I'm saying. Remember uh, Kara, the angry listener that thought that I was saying the, the N-word? Every beep. Every beep. And I'm like, I'm not actually, you know, let's take the curtain off. Let's knock the fourth wall down. I don't say anything. I say, you mother. And I'm quiet. The beep says it. You're the one saying it in your head. You're the dumb mother. When I do the beep, <laughs> you're the you're choosing to when plug I do that it. word in. Yep, you're plugging it in in your head. That makes you the not me. <laughs> What's he saying? The beep covers it up. He's saying nothing. He's just real good at it. Yeah, Brady, you dumb. Whatever you just put in your head, it's assumed unairable. So then you know those you know that list of words in your melon. So the beat button makes it so. Goes back to Dinger. <laughs> right. The same thing. It's you know? the assumption. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just for a recap of people, what Brett's talking about. This was uh, this is how on eggshells we are. Dinger! No! Dinger! No! We just uh, apologize. Heard some horrible language. No, that, you didn't. Uh, doesn't belong anywhere on our broadcasts yep. as far as nope, I'm you concerned. Didn't hear, you made up horrible language in your head, and you're the bad guy, if you ask me. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the beep, is that everybody has it in their heads, and then you say it in your head, and you get mad whenever you hear. I just remember people reviewing that. Oh, they had to go you over know, it. Oh, I hear it. Dinger. He's saying dinger. <laughs> <laughs> Great one, that. I like that one a lot. But yeah, you're right. It's whatever you put in your melon. Every time this sound happens, it's your fault. Clean it up. <laughs> Clean it up out there. I'm telling you right now, your brains are filthy. Knock it off. It's pretty good stuff. I like that. Um, this guy says, uh, on the news last night, one of the tweets they showed was from a girl who worked at the Suns, and her tweet, I noticed first thing, had that thing up top with the pronouns, he, she, they, them. Uh, it was after her name. 
I don't know what she put on there, but it was like a, a they them. Uh, that's the kind of moronic BS the world has to deal with now. And meanwhile, LeBron has his show on HBO, and all they do is toss the N-word around. The majority of the players say it, and they're fine with it. And then he says, and this is his fault, this is where he's going to lose his argument, F those clowns. <laughs> Chuck. Yeah, I mean, there is the double standard of that, and double standards are very real, and I'm not against giving a word that we can't say to that. That's power. That's a good thing. You can't abuse that, though. I think it gets a little bit pushed around. If Sarver went to Russia to try to free Griner, do you think anything changes? Or do you think people see it as self-serving? I think he stays and he buys the Russian team. That would be nice if he goes over and oligarchs his way through this. (laughs) We just learned that word this year. We might as well uh, learn uh, that Sarver is now an oligarch and he owns the team Brittany was on. Or maybe he goes and starts a weed farm in Moscow. Interesting idea, though, because... The uh, I I don't see that working. I don't see that being a. Th- I think people would. I still think people would think he's doing it for himself. No, I don't think he can get back to hero he's status. He's done. He. I don't think he can go back to the Suns. Not that he ever, he was ever there, but no, nobody ever liked him. But yeah. I don't, now it's like now he's finished. Now money's going to kind of see through it. The money's going to talk. But is it a see through thing for him to risk all that? I mean, I'm worse to hypothetical, but yeah, anyway, complete speculation. But if he decided to fly off to Russia to try to free Brittany Griner. He's like, I don't. I have a year. I can't do anything. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my best to get her out because she means something to me. I mean, on my arena, I've got the BG42. I painted it on the floor. ESPN ta- would love it. All we talk about is how we got to get her out of there. We love her. She's ours. And I've got a few hundred million dollars and nothing but time on my hands. If I cared about her, and I got no responsibilities, why wouldn't I do that? But I think everybody would go like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to make yourself look like you like them. Sell the team, take your money, move to Bora Bora, and just Amen. do nothing. God, I don't understand the world. Oh, and speaking of that, I got scared to death. I'm reading an article last night where medical professionals, loads of them, have said in the world of longevity and uh, in the interest of making a, a life last longer, they say in the next 10 years, 90 will be the new 40 as far as how you feel. It doesn't add a bunch of years to your life. But you'll be 40. You'll feel like a 40-year-old at age 80, 90 years old. And they're like, that is going to occur with all the, the advancements they've had in this uh, technology. I saved the article. Look, But I was like, 90 is and the they say 40. in the next 10 years? 10 years. In the next 10 years, 90 will feel like you're 40. And I said to myself, that's creating workers. You have to work, yeah. That just means that you're a capable worker until you're dead because the one thing they kept making clear was oh we're not adding years to your life you're not going to live to 130 you're just going to feel real good till you die are you going to feel real capable i'm like that's going to mean that you're going to put me out there in the field working government likes that government we loves push that. up the uh, social security. no more social security yeah. like it, until you're uh, worry about 90 it. you can work until oh, okay we'll go 88 <laughs> we'll go 85 a lot of you'll die early you can work you're capable yeah, so the creators of a new program aims to reboot your biological age. Within 10 years, people who live into their 90s will feel like they're 40. Rapid advances in what's called the longevity field. Uh, it's a thing called, uh, well, they have the Healthy Habits program, too, which is, you know, you, gotta, you can't pig out and be a... Sorry, right, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Bogan, it's yeah. too late. Yeah, Mr. Bogan, I don't think... <laughs> this doesn't apply to you unless you want to make some drastic changes. Uh, <laughs> the goal in, uh, is to enable you to stay younger and on top of uh, movement and discovery um, for a longer period of time. These discoveries we have in the longevity field, uh, you're not being misled. This is not a joke. The aim is to help you avoid doing things that aren't healthy going into uh, elderly ages and help you consistently stay healthy. In the next 10 years, we know that you're going to be able to because of the exponential advances in 14 areas areas of aging mechanism research, you will reboot yourself. If 60 is now the new 40, which it is, 90 will be the new 40 in the next decade. For the rich. For, well, A, for, no, for, for people who are willing to try. <laughs> now, no, you've, already, you've already thrown in your towel on this one. It's only for super wealthy people. I don't have a chance. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. It's for anybody who decides to have... The lifestyle that will, you know, make it so. If you, you're not going to live to ninety, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> wow. he, he isn't. I mean, come on. Statistically, if Brady makes it to ninety, 
he's going to be in a book. They're going to be talking about him. They're going to be doing research on Brady. But um, it's true. Chances are I'm not going to live to 90 also because of Diet Coke. That'll kill me. And my inability to want my ass examined on a regular basis. Mm. I'm just not into that. But, uh, yeah, if, you, you know, if you're one of those healthy people and everything's ticking along and you're 60 and you're not on blood pressure medicine and you're not on uh, insulin and you're, not, you know, you're like, we can help you. We can help you feel great the entire go. That's pretty awesome, except for if it becomes normal, like they're saying, it's just a bunch of slaves. We just, you just made a, a workforce of people in their 70s, which is a workforce we need working. There's too many of them. The baby boomers ruined it and became this giant population, and now they all retire, and we're like, we don't have enough money for them. And certainly they don't have enough money for all their kids because they went off and had four kids each. I'm glad they put that part in, in there saying if you choose to look. Live, you know, this type of lifestyle, right? Because I don't want to see the uh, 80th season of my 600 pound life. <laughs> right. God. Well, I don't want. Look, let's fight to not keep those people around. That's just a drain. But it's uh, the bigger thing is is that it gets rid of Alzheimer's. It's getting rid of all the cognitive diseases, and it like helps uh, fend those off. And usually they're really wrong about that. But we have noticed. I, I think we all noticed what 60 used to be. And what 60 is now are two totally different things. 60, my grandma was 47 when I first have memories of her. I thought she was 100 then. I look Uh, at those old uh, high school photos of like my grandfather and they're like like 35 (laughs) seniors in high school. I always, when I watch old movies, I'm like, (laughs) how old was Jimmy Stewart in this? He is 29 in that movie. He looks like he's 61. Yeah, it's crazy. You look at all these movies where these guys look like, you know, he was 44. 40. Wilford Brimley's a perfect example. In The Natural, he's two years younger or older than Robert or, uh, Yeah, Robert Redford. You'd never guess no. that. <laughs> They're almost right. the same age. Because Wilford Brimley was a normal 52-year-old man when that was filmed. That's what 52 used to look like. So they have, without telling us, definitely put something in the food and everything else to make 50 look totally different than it used to. And I say that as a 50-year-old. I think I look pretty 50. <laughs> I've looked like I'm 62 since I was 20. I'm aging into this beautifully. But, like, you know, you, you, my dad's 75, and he's at my house lifting weights the other day, and he's crushing. This total. He loved it. He's like, I'm like, you're 75. Calm down. I'm fine. Does have more weight? I'm like, Jesus Christ, old man. 75-year-old. His dad was 75. Could barely move. And it was like 10 years of that. 75 was never... You looked old. Now you see it. Like, I don't know, like a 70, 70, I mean, plastic surgery or whatever. But yeah, our teachers in school, they were in their 40s. They looked like they were dying. Now, 40s looks like 30s used to, even late 20s, 50s looking like the way 30s, 40s used to. There's pictures of my family when I'm a little kid and my grandparents are on board. And I'm looking at uh, Grandpa Bill, Emma. And I'm like, 70, 72. That can't be right because that was 1978. I'm six. Do the math on that. Grandma's 49. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? She's younger than I am today. But you look at her and she is just that grandma in the smock sweater looking, I don't know what shirt that was, and those same black pants she wore for her whole life. And there's my grandpa, 10 years older than her, at 58. The dude looks like he's crawling out of a casket. Like his hair's silver. He's done. It's like a crypt keeper coming yeah. out of there. Yeah. And there are some people that keep it alive, but I look around and I'm like, you know, that guy's 51. He looks like he's 35. Yeah, it's definitely different. But 90, making you feel young. I don't know. Brett, you might, you might make it. You don't have terrible 90? habits. No. Yeah. Brady's out. I'm probably out. <laughs> Brett, well, Toledo. There's a good oh, chance Toledo, Brett could fall, though. That's the only thing. To, uh, well, it could be an accident. Yeah, is what you're saying. Oh, out a window. Yeah, he tries oh, to minute. sign another wall or, or something. Oh yeah, or he could just slip and fall out of six or seven story building. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those things happen. Toledo's not going to live. There's no way you can keep pumping blood around that cranium for 90 years. That's not going to be a thing. You haul that head around, your body shuts down. He'll be Stephen Hawking by the time he's 50. And it's not because he can't walk. It's because his body refuses to lift that head up anymore. Yeah, so I don't want that. Because all I read there, and, every, and people get so excited about that. Oh, 
being healthy to, till you're 90, you do realize what that means, right? You're going to be you're going to be in a factory. You're going to be in your job until you're 80. Like retirement will just go away. Why would you retire? You're capable. Wonder how my dad would feel about that article if I showed it to him. To stay healthy He'll be turning till uh, 89 in four weeks. How's he feel? Screw that. Yeah, he didn't want to. Forty at ninety. <laughs> yeah, what do I want to do with that? And then it would be really like weird when people just dropped dead. Because you got to remember, they're still ninety-two. But there's that dude out there jogging or hiking Camelback. How old are you? I'm ninety-one years old. It's on. He's done. They're just dying. Your friends are like, oh, my God, he was just here yesterday. He was fine. It's like, yeah, well, t- now we just check out, like, immediately. There's no buildup. Like, your dad's been praying for death for years. Still loves being around you guys and stuff, but if he got taken, he'd he doesn't wake up, he's okay. My grandpa said it for, I'm just waiting to die. That's all I care about. I don't, everything hurts. That doesn't sound any good. It isn't. So it fixes that, but if then you'd want to be useful. Like, if your dad felt great, he'd want to be useful. He'd be yeah. dicking around. he got some 90-year-old racist at the workplace. You imagine the trouble that's going to cause if 80-year-olds are capable and they start wandering back into the workplace? You think Robert Sarver said the N-word a lot. Wait till Grandpa shows up. <laughs> I'm the new manager. What's with all the women in them days and all over this place? Oh, good God, Grandpa, that's how it works now. Why, in my day, yeah, this is why we didn't give you the medicine. Jesus. But yeah, so I, I looked at that and I'm like, this is horrifying. I want medicine to stop trying to make us live longer and start trying to make us not have diseases young. You know? Yeah, because, well. And child no cancer. No matter what, like if you have, yeah, like cancer, they find the cure to that. Right. It's not going to make us live doesn't, longer. It doesn't guarantee living yeah. longer. It's, it's just, just going to make it so cancer doesn't kill us. Yeah. It, well, it, it'll it help to- you not die at 53 from cancer. But you're still going to die from something, just the natural. I, I just don't. I'm. I. I've. I don't know if you guys know this about me. I've always been in favor of not medicating the elderly. <laughs> At a certain point, that's enough. Let's just let you go. It's like a dog. Like, is is their quality of what life about, worth what about this? Pain pills. I'm sure some pain of them pills? feel the same way, though. I don't want to numb them. They do. Yeah. A lot of old people feel like euthanizing them wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm. I'm not a fan of like. Uh, you know, let's just let's just pump them full of meds and make their eyes cross. And see if we can push them until they're a hundred, even though they can't. You know they can't walk anymore. They piss themselves every five seconds. Like that's not living. If it was your dog pissing all over himself, and you found him, you know, laying in the backyard every once in a while, <laughs> oh, I got to go pick him up, see if he can walk still. You'd be like, this isn't any good. So f- cure. You'll diseases, know when to put him down. Cure blindness. Cure cancer. Uh, but stop with the whole. You know, this will make you last longer. I don't want to last longer. I want to be healthy. I guess that's what they're doing. I don't want to last longer. I just want to be a little healthier while I'm here. Well, they push the uh, rookie year of moving into, you know, it's 55-plus communities. Yeah. That's got to go up. Yeah, because, I mean, the activity levels will be. They'll need more pickleball courts. The last thing this society needs is a bunch of active 80-year-olds. Oh, they'd be clogging up restaurants. They'd be going to dinner at a regular driving. Time. They'd be driving uh-huh. again. Oh, they're just mucking up the road. If anything, we need to come up with something that slows them down and ends them. And I've said that for years. Well, why are we keep, you know, let's ration out the medicine for people under at least 80. Once you're 80 and it's like, well, I need to do this and I need to. All right, that's enough. You're, <laughs> you're cut off. Let's just, we're going to half your medicine down until you just kind of dwindle off. But I want to live. What for? Why? Dad, would you say your 80s was, was your favorite decade so far? <laughs> right. living? What would you? What would Torp say if you're like, hey, worst decade you've had so far? 80s? Like it would be immediate. 80s? Oh, my 80s yeah. have been awful. And he just won't go away. It's the spirit to live. Ah, nonsense. <laughs> In my 80s. He says that immediately. Best decade. Probably my 40s or 50s. I enjoyed that quite a bit. What about uh, the worst? Now, exactly right now, as we're speaking. Looks like the 90s are going to be pretty awful, too, if I hang around. Yeah, I don't know. Up the, until 75. He was fine. I'm watching my dad at 75, and he's doing all that stuff, and I'm like, man, enjoy it. <laughs> In a few years, we're going to take your medicine away. But he's not on any meds or anything like that. I do notice that my dad's got some shaky thing with his hands, some neurological deal. And that's weird to watch. Yeah. Your old man's got a problem.
And he's like holding a spoon and it's going all over the place. It's not Parkinson's either. He's had a check. She's got some nerve damage. It's weird. But if it, if you know, if it starts flipping around and he's, you know, smacking himself in the face, I'm like, don't you want in the box or you, you want, no, I want medicine to numb me and make it so I can't move him at all. Like, On that uh, show I watched, you watched it initially, the Finding a Murderer, whatever that series. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one lady that offed her husband, she was oh, shaking yeah. like crazy. Yeah. But she had the Parkinson's, right? I think it so. Was, she was also kind of a mess. I don't know. 90s is the new 40s is the scariest phrase I've ever heard. Because I'll be 80 going, thank you, come again. I'm going to have to find a job at a 7-Eleven because they're going to take away all the you know old people. Greeter at Walmart. Benefits. Yeah, that's oh, what they do now. Imagine if there's like a security fight. level. Oh, yeah. Now there's a fight to get that job. Unemployment lines filled with old people because they're taking away benefits because you, you can work. No, thanks. I want to shut her down early. I'm going to retire early. I check out early. Said it once, I'll said it a million times. I'm not that impressed with this human experiment to wander through this thing until I just <laughs> until I need somebody to wipe my ass. I'm out. Kids, uh, right now, I would say if you could be a doctor, orthopedic surgeon, or whatever, because there's going to be some hip breaking oh. going on, oh, and yeah. that business is <laughs> boom. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been to the Core Institute for these hips, and you go to that uh, waiting room. Assembly line of people, like, I got, and all they do is complain. I can't imagine if they had spunk left. I like that they're 90 and you can walk away from them in like less than a second and you're so far away they'll never catch you. You give them, you give them additional decades, you give them a decent ability to chase you. Oh, poor hostesses and managers at restaurants would never hear the end of the bill. They'd follow them all over the place. Right now, you can just walk away from them. He can't catch me. I hate to say, one of my dad comes back and says, It's all because of that lob when I was 82. He went to try to get a, lo- a tennis lob. Oh, a tennis lob, and it ended and that's where he fell, career. and there was the hip, and then... The infection, the hip. Next thing you know, he can't walk much. He's just sitting in a recliner watching uh, girls' Ohio State basketball. <laughs> a, a, a fate worse than death itself. That's purgatory, man. That's just waiting it out. Hope he doesn't discover Fox News. Pound that twenty four hours. He has. He knows better. He knows better not to. He's he's big on the westerns. I'm going to ask him yeah. about uh, Embarado. Yeah, he knows Embarado. Oh yeah, Hondo. Hondo. I know Hondo. <laughs> My grandma watched those westerns too. She didn't stick to the news. She just watched the Virginian constantly, as loud as the TV could go. He does like Steve Harvey's uh, Family Feud. That is for old people. It's a very strange, popular old people show. Uh, old white people. Old, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, our, our old man. It's very true. Old it white is. people love Steve Harvey. That is weird, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Because Paula likes that show, too. My 92-year-old friend. <laughs> I love Steve Harvey. He's just so quick. Like, is he? Most of the time, he just goes, what? And that's the joke. And they just lose their mind. And he's always so dapper. They like that he's dressed up nice. It probably reminds them of, like, Good service they once had. It's not one of those B boys. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of Leroy. Reminds me of all that service we had at Sayota Country Club, you know? And dapper. He young, was quick. Dapper young black gentleman would come get our water. <laughs> Lickety split. And that's who Steve reminds me of. That takes me to a better time. Old people. We don't want them living longer and being involved. Best thing that happens to them is they start to kind of. Go away, you stuff them in a home, you visit them once or twice a month, maybe, and then uh, they just disappear. 90 is the new 40. No, thank you. I you saw that in the same article, too. They started to talk about longevity pills. and In the next 50 years, the average human lifespan could be 125. That, all I see there is work. Well, so I'm going to work till I'm 100. So in 2072, I can retire. <laughs> Uh, that seems like a long ways off. Something to look forward to. Is it? <laughs> Being 100 and going, that's my no. retirement party. I got 25 years to go. I'm brittle like a Pringles, but uh, I feel pretty good mentally. Yeah, I don't ever want to have Pringles bones. I don't want to be Caleb walking around and having to work because I've still got 50 years to go. Screw that. The city of Mesa just announced that they'll give you health insurance for life if you're working for the city. 
Now imagine living to 130. Yeah, screw Mesa. They're going to bankrupt the city. Well, as our one friend after his second stroke and uh, Motorola gave him <laughs> insurance for life, and I'm like, what a risk they just took. <laughs> we called him uh, double, double, bo- double bogey because he's two strokes <laughs> over par. <laughs> Had my second stroke there, and uh, Motorola said they gave me lifetime insurance. I'm like, wow, that'll be eight months of insurance they've got to pay for. You're not going to. It's credit the dude lost a ton of weight and he's still around, but Motorola lost that bet. <laughs> no still way. Kicking? Yeah, he was like five hundred plus pounds walking around stroking out every couple of days. Yeah. Every couple of days the dude would have a stroke. He's not where's where is why isn't he at work? Ah, another stroke. He's having strokes every couple of days now. Got a history of that down at that station. <laughs> that station causes it. <laughs> yeah. Your second stroke and you and you get lifetime insurance from your company. And you don't think that's a bad thing? That like, pulling, like, yeah, let's give them lifetime insurance. It's hilarious. It's the only place I worked where we had a dead man's car in the parking lot for how many oh. years? Oh, eaten by dogs. Talk about a hostile work environment. <laughs> we had to pass by uh, Henry's memorial car for like how many years? And we, I'm go, not paying for it to get towed out of there. Rabbits living in it, and we all they did was move it. Remember, it was from one side of the parking lot to the other. Yeah, I get it. You moved it? Yeah, because I had it in the middle. It was in an overnight. It was in a it was good like, spot. It was in a good parking spot. So I hit up some guy and told him I'd give him tickets to his show. He right. showed up in his tow truck and moved it. at like 2 in the morning that. and moved it across the parking lot. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. And you moved it way over in the corner. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. God forbid we just got rid of it. Right. It was 400 bucks to get rid of it. That was why yeah. Chuck wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm not spending $400 on dead Henry's <laughs> Chuck, we got rid of it for a pair of tickets. <laughs> we go out and beat it with baseball bats, and pit bulls would shoot out of it. And they're like, "Ah, it's got like a, it's a functioning ecosystem." How many times we had Gravedigger out? <laughs> yeah, we could have crushed that thing yeah. a million no times. Henry's car was it had uh, desert grass growing in it. It was becoming I part of the, the earth. The controversy was uh, it got vandalized. We did it. I, I did know, it. We all did it. Everybody. When we got that old aluminum baseball bat that was filled with cement, <laughs> yeah, that's we're right. like, Henry's car. Like, we immediately beat up that dead guy's car. We beat the bejesus out of Henry's, the dead man's car. But that's we worked in a place well, where it was too, it was too expensive to before, move it. Remember, before he passed, he did call Chuck and say, am I going to get compensated for yeah, he wanted his car. The for the- my car. <laughs> oh, yeah, right before he died, he's like, hey, went back and took a look at my car. It's been sitting in a – I think we, we own that now, <laughs> that's Henry. That's right. He had it there alive for two years. Yeah, and then, and then when he died, it was sat there too. It was like a – Because he came to pick it up. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, like yeah. tires okay. were slashed, the windows were bashed out, rabbits. <laughs> but he'd been gone for years. And he comes back, oh, my car back. Like, uh, okay, it's out there. You need to. Still got the key? Good luck. Need a jump? What? To... I mean, this isn't where I parked it. Yeah, we moved it a little Haboob. bit. One of the big windstorms came and spun it around, put it over by the garbage. <laughs> Trash trunks won't pick it up. We, we thought for sure. Oh, you guys are dicks, assholes! And then he dropped that, and the tr- car stayed. Didn't even go into like an estate where somebody in his family could pick up another ninety bucks to, right. <laughs> to, to scrap, scrap metal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you moved it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's hilarious. Two in the morning, a tow truck guy showed up. Here, I'll move it for you, man. Some corn tickets or something. <laughs> now think of that in court. Like, all that whole conversation being read back as a transcript. And then we moved the dead man's car after we beat it with bat. Why in the world was this at your work? Uh, we're just goofing off. You find it funny to beat up a dead man's possessions? Not really, I uh, guess. For the no. record, he was alive. <laughs> yeah. When we were, oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's true. Uh, Your Honor, I want to rescind re- that last statement. We were destroying his property while he was still alive, if that means anything. And, Your Honor, <laughs> you really had to be there at the time. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. If you were at the station at like eight or nine, there was zero uh, like management or authority at all. So it was me and Brett and I think uh, Dennis Huff at the time, and and uh, we took the bat to the car. He was still yeah. alive, so I mean, he had the opportunity to sue us if he ever visited his car, but he never did. And then he died, and we did it some more because we figured what what harm now. We put dry ice bombs in it just to see if it would blow That's up right. the windows. Did that. Well, it didn't blow up the windows. And then we just bashed them out with the. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. I was kind of against that because that was when he was still alive. I'm like, I don't think you can. But then I watched tires get flattened and 
It was. I pulled the wheels off of it. I brought a jack to work and put it on. Put it on all fours. And then, like when JJ comes up to me, and he's all like, uh, "We got to put the wheels back on the car because we're getting rid of it." I'm like, "Oh, six years later. All right, great. Wait, why did you take the wheels off? I don't know. It just sounded like the thing to do. <laughs> we, threw, Tara. we threw we threw it's the windows incredible. into the into the interior, smashed up the dashboard and everything else. At overnight money, oh, man. Yeah. You went out. Me and Huff. Yeah. It was me and Huff. Like you play a Metallica song and then oh, like yeah. kind of, you Master Puppets eight minute song. Let's go. <laughs> Time to get the tires off of this thing. It's got factory rims. So you and Dennis went out just on a whim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had nothing better to do. Pit crew. Well, I was I remember the day I started bashing it with that bat. I showed up after an event. I went back to the station. It's like eight thirty. And I'm just a normal human being existing in a normal world up to that point. And I walk up and I see Dennis is by himself. <laughs> just smashing on the car, just smashing. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, ah, I'm just blowing up a little steam on Henry's car. I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Whatever I was there to do stopped, and I went over. I'm like, give me that bat. And I started hitting it. Oh, you we take a swing at it. Dennis! <laughs> Dennis! I vandalized the bejesus out of that thing, and I was like 20th on the list of bad things done to that car. Yeah, dead guy car. If you got a dead guy's car in your... Chuck uh, was right, John. Nine-tenths of the law. That possession of the car was yeah, his. But it wasn't because it was in a parking lot. It wasn't like at Chuck's house or in his garage. We didn't... I mean, the station technically possessed the parking lot, but it didn't mean that things that are parked on it is theirs. Because that means that Chuck could go out with anybody's keys and take a car. Well, they're all mine. Nine-tenths. You parked it here, so technically. I'm like, what are you, Columbus. That's mine. Just because I'm not using it doesn't mean it's up for grabs. Oh, we destroyed that old man's car. That poor Henry. But let's be honest. And when he came to pick it up, and he had, I mean, that had to be. Remember in uh, Fast Times when Lincoln Lincoln saw oh, his yeah. car? <laughs> Dad's got an awesome set of tools. Relax. My old yeah. man's toes are repairable. <laughs> oh, my God. What in the world? It, it, and that's what I'm like. What's a hostile work environment? I We have... I mean, that in a courtroom or that transcribed to ESPN is if at one point an employee died and we destroyed his vehicle that was in the parking lot, does not play in the court of public opinion if it's being delivered seriously by a news anchor. I mean, we we look terrible. Was the AM at the time affiliated with ESPN? Might have been. Might have been. Yeah, very possibly. An ESPN station. Oh, my God. Yeah, but just think about lawyers t- telling that story in court, and we're sitting over their heads down going, man, oh, man, what were we thinking? We treated that car like the printer in office space. Everybody's just out there on a ball bat just beating the hell out of it. Chuck would not remove it. Even destroyed. I'm not moving it. Like, Chuck, it's it's a shell. Who would do that to yeah. that car? And then he would, goddamn Mexicans, we need a bigger wall around this place. It's Guadalupe people. He thought, we. I don't think he knew. I don't think he did. We no. did it. They stole Henry's tires. Ah, can you believe it? It's terrible what's going on out there in that one car and only that car. Isn't it weird? All the rest of the cars never get vandalized, but this one seems to be a target every time. We had the red van out there for how long, and it was worse off than... Oh, the sun cooked that thing. Anyway. And the ambulance... The, oh, oh the man. I forgot about that one. <laughs> God. So I don't know what a hostile work environment but is. But that was the least amount that happened in the quad. We had the barbecues in front of the station all the time, every weekend for like a month. That was a thing when they yeah. were lighting cars up right in front of our, our building. Hold on a second. <laughs> Larry loves that place. He wants to go. This, this is a nice building. It's just so corporate. I, I liked right. it better there. I'm like, you did? No, you didn't. I went out to my car once, and there was a gray dog of... I don't know what kind. Possession of it? It was a pit bull shepherd mix with wolf. It was gigantic, and it was covered in blood, fresh blood, dripping off of its neck, wagging its tail, standing next to my car. (laughs) And I'm like, "Um, I can't ever go home, I don't think. I think my car's going to meet Henry's fate. And, And he stood there, and he wagged, and then he dug under the car and came back up. With the biggest dead rabbit I've ever seen in my life. He was slaughtering stuff and putting it under my Jeep. And I'm like, uh, all right. And he's just wagging away. And I'm like, hey, boy, because you're trying to be nice to a blood-soaked OJ dog. Hey, fella, what's going on? (laughs) I'm like, ah, he's going to eat me now. (laughs) And that was Guadalupe. The one time I was training for marathons, I'm like, I'm just going to run five miles into Tempe and back. And then I'll get work done here right after the show. I made it one street 
before I could hear the jingly jangly of a loose dog <laughs> tearing down the things like there's a, we got a runner. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> that thing was on my ass in like two seconds, and I was flying down Carmen getting back to the station. Go, well, that, that experiment ended fast. I almost got eaten. Well, I like it here. It's a good place. Larry wants to go you back. Like no taxes, Chuck, is yeah. what you like. Yeah, I like the no taxes and free golf clubs every April. Hold up a second. Did Brett just claim that he can take off four tires on a used car eight in eight minutes? Can't do anything about a windshield wiper. <laughs> hey, look. Did you have a high lift or how did you do that? I brought a jack to work. Just yeah, a me, regular oh, jack yeah, yeah. or the pump jack. The, the good pump one. jack. Oh, so yeah, you yeah, get yeah, two yeah. off in like oh, four yeah. minutes. Yeah, you and Dennis working together. Oh, yeah. Mechanics jack. Yeah, we were rolling. It was like a NASCAR team yeah, out there. So this wasn't as – this was – now, again, in the court of law, I, this was premeditated. Like you guys planned this. Or you wouldn't have brought the jack. Maybe. Come on. Yeah, no, the statute of limitations. I had to work on my car in the parking lot. It just so happened to be in the trunk. So you were going to. That's right. Brett had his garage on the side. <laughs> you brought that Here's the money. random cars the every now and then. So you and Dennis talk like, let's take the tires off and chuck them into the window. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring my lift. It'll be fun. That's work. <laughs> that was what we do at work. That's why I maybe have a different perspective of what a hostile work environment is versus hearing the guy. The one lady with Sarver was in the hallway when she heard him telling an inappropriate uh, comment to his team, which was, if I get you guys uh, hookers, can can, can that ensure that you're going to be in bed by 10 o'clock? Because every time we go to L.A., you guys stay out till 12. If I just pay for the whores? Yeah. We're sitting here talking about the hostile work environment. It's like that skit, like, that was nothing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We're, we, we can top your hostile work environment with dead people and strokes in the building and pff, forget it. And fights. Jo- jokes about said strokes, yeah, fist fights. The, 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 one of the easiest days of my life would be to wander by an office and hear somebody say, if I buy you a whore, does that mean you'll show up on time? Ski mask. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I mean, I would laugh hysterically at that, but some lady turned that in as one of the reasons it's a hostile work environment. He wasn't even talking to her. She just overheard it. And he had a good point. The Suns were terrible in Los Angeles. They go to L.A. and just get blown out because they would party. That's a huge – I talk to gamblers and guys who make lines. L.A. and Miami, if you get a day off in between on a road trip, take take the over – uh, for the uh, or not the over, but take the uh, uh, the points away from it and just take the money line on the home team. Miami will destroy a road team that had a day off today because they party. They're twenty three millionaires and they're in Miami. Carte blanche, it's yours. We'll see you tomorrow. They stay up till five doing Molly and drinking all night long. And L.A. is no different, but that's what Sarver was saying. Hey, can we get one good performance out of a Lakers game this year? If I buy you guys whores, does that mean we can get you in bed by ten? If I if I front the money for the hookers, that way you guys don't have to go try, stay out all night trying to score. That's why it took so long to get the uh, pro franchise in uh, Vegas? They you knew. sure you want to do that? <laughs> we don't want to put these guys in Las Vegas. Look, they're <laughs> they're twenty two, gambling, whores, liquor. Wrote if, if when and Vegas is going to get a team now. That was the other subtle thing that happened yesterday in the NBA is that they're in uh, ownership. Uh, they're inventing owners basically. They're putting committees together to have ownerships kind of come out of nowhere to buy teams in Seattle and Las Vegas. Well, the party that doesn't get those two expansion teams is going to be the one that gets the Suns. Because if they get ownership groups that start bidding for these right. teams, you're going to have like 10. Yeah, because the two new teams will be yeah. the higher bidder than uh, They kind of quietly the announced yesterday the one of these groups is also going to get the Suns. But we got ownership, grassroots ownership committees popping up, and we're going to try to build ownership committees. It's like, oh, that's going to be a good one. So the Suns will have a new owner. But yeah, you don't want to do that. But yeah, that's good management if you ask me. If Tripp's like, hey, if I buy you guys whores, does it mean you'll show up to work on time? Hey, it's worth a shot. Let's give Five that a rub. Let's see. Every time. Let's see what you got. I'll go to ASU and I'll get some herpes free sluts. And we'll see if you guys can. And I know where to find them. And I'll see if you guys can pull it off. Yeah, I tried your whore method. I'm still showing up at seven. God damn it, ski mask. What do we have to buy her? That's good management. But if you overhear a conversation, that's not a hostile work environment to me. And maybe it's because I've worked in hell for so long. <laughs> I didn't realize that until this morning. I love this. But maybe that is it. Maybe 
my my perspective is skewed on what hostile is. Because if I overhear a conversation that's terrible, it's none of my business. I walk through it. Is it true there are four people sleeping in your yard the night after your Christmas party? <laughs> yep. Because they're overserved. <laughs> yep. Is it also true that you were saying, yeah, get her, get her, uh, while people were on your washer and dryer at the Christmas party banging? Yeah, I did that. Is it true that one of your salespeople tried to pick a man's wife up by her vagina? Yes, that's true as well. <laughs> did anyone try to stop that? We called a cab. We stuffed him in a cab. We got rid of the problem. <laughs> Is it also true that at one of your Christmas parties, said salesperson uh, started to say his address included the N-word several times out loud in the bar? <laughs> Yep, that happens. That's a thing. Yep. Does he in fact live on N-word <laughs> No, he lane? did not. I don't think they still have. I think they changed the name of his uh, street to like 123rd Avenue. Uh, did said employee give a tea twister to another employee's <laughs> wife? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, we have reports that some of your employees were giving a what are those purple nurples and uh, nipple twists? Yeah, uh, at a Christmas party. Is that true? Yeah, and you didn't stop that. No. This is a hostile work environment. Is it? Seems sort of fun to me. I, I was having a good time. Think of the person who had the purple nurple. Our Christmas party. True enough. Oh, Trip was so right. We were sitting in my office that day, and he's like, "We're never having another one of those again." <laughs> I, I don't know why we ever did. These are bad ideas. Yeah, I got a purple nurple, Your Honor, and a nipple twist. Pictures, please. Well, we made a joke to me and. Uh, Lisa, the sales lady, would get in the bed of whoever's house it was and act like we were humping in their bed and then take photos of it and leave it in their house. <laughs> I call it a fun work environment. You just have to know the people. Now, someone could have walked by and gone, oh, what's happening in there? But that's their pr- That's eavesdropping. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned. I like when you used to be able to dry hump an old employee and everybody was cool with it. That seemed like a better time. Over the picnic table at Rustler's oh, Roost. Yeah, banging away. Every year it became a tradition. <laughs> Every year. The John and Lisa picture. I've got picture. five pictures yeah, at least. loads of them. <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing. Oh, totally have them. I don't care anymore. People have a problem with that now. Boy, what a weak life they're living. Five years later, I can't stop thinking of the time you guys pretended to have sex in Tripp's bed. Really? Because I'm over it, and I was the guy in it. I just can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine living like that. But what are you going to do? I worry mostly about Brett, because he's going to think he overhears something in an office. <laughs> I'll just be laughing. I'm not, I'm like not if, reporting anybody. If we had landscapers out there, and Trip and Brett walks by, and... and he hears Trip on the phone going, we've got to get these diggers out of our parking lot. So Brett's going to lose his mind and he'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> Brett, he didn't say it. I know, but it felt like it. <laughs> Close enough. I just imagined the, me. I just imagined the horrible thing. <laughs> the world is awful. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. But if you have a, a horrible work environment, I apologize if I seem insensitive to it, but. To me, it has to get pretty awful to be a hostile worker. Hostile, hostile to me means somebody's manhandling me. Like until you, until you Just touch a me, physical. Yeah, hostile doesn't mean anything to me until you touch me. Then it starts feeling like, oh, I'm in a hostile work environment. <laughs> like, there's hostility everywhere. Or I'm getting just constantly screamed at that I'm going to get fired. If my job's being threatened daily for no reason. That's. But you can step up to that. Seems John, like, can wow. we send all of these hostile work environment people to the military just for a weekend? The, the military had to change because oh, it's changed. Yeah, I got a friend who went through the real basic training, and he's like, "Man, you go back now, and it's there's paperwork. Like they don't yell at him, like you know, the no full metal jacket no, going on. None of that at all. The full metal jacket thing is a a miserable times uh, the, glory when that guy's training them." And he's like, left, right, left. And the guy, they don't know they're left from their right. And he just smashes him in his foot. And he goes, this is your left. And he goes to smash his right when he picked it up. He goes, ah, quick learner, boy, yo. Because he was going to crush his other foot, teach him left from right. And, whoa, that's abuse. That's a hostile work environment. Military. It's nothing compared to get a bullet thrown at you for crying out loud. You better be tough. He called me names. Yeah, that guy's shooting at you. Let the names fly, kid. Wait till Ahmed sees you. Yeah. Well, that was a hostile work environment. For, wow. All right, report him. Again. What, 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 what Ahmed have anything to do with this? I like him. 
<laughs> You're talking about not all. Can't trust yeah, those look, people. T- Toledo is wrong. Not all Ahmeds are bad. I like most all Ahmeds that I've met. I didn't say they were. I just, yeah, you just insinuated that they were going to fight. You insinuated. The military. <laughs> Don't cover that one. Just let her fly. Uh, what do you got on the big board of musical treats today? Another hostile work environment is that Action Ride Shop. Oh, yeah, they we made witnessed fun of gingers. That. They made fun of gingers in the place. Uh, gingers have no soul right in front of a customer who happened to be redheaded because Josh has the gingeriest ginger head. And I've then ever seen. benefited. And then laughed hysterically. It was great. Anyway, wake up brought to you by our buddies over there at Action Ride Shop. E-bike raffle going on right now. Get yourself in on it. $14,000 Santa Cruz e-bike could be yours for a purchase of $50 gloves. All right, so you're getting something regardless. Regardless if you win the bike or not, you're still getting something for your money. Go to actionrideshop.com. You can do it all online, or you can go into the shop and visit them over there on Southern and Gilbert Road. And by the way, yeah, this uh, John makes a good point, De Pascale. He says, uh, remember the girl that came out uh, during the bubble NBA bubble season that said she blew all the Suns like in a line, like yeah. they all lined up and she blew everybody on the team. Yeah, remember that? Oh yeah, during the he makes a good question. Is it safe to assume that Sarver actually lined that up? <laughs> but <laughs> he followed through with that. Got to wonder. We'd have to ask the girl because she went on podcast for a while saying, "Oh, I was blowing the Suns like crazy." They went eight zero in the bubble, by the way. They were good. That's when they. That's when everybody first said, "Wait a minute." Something's going on with that Suns team. That was before they had Chris Paul, but they, evidently this girl blew them all. And they were lined up in the room as a team. There were many of them in the room at once. Could have used her in the finals. <laughs> well, where did she go? Sarver was on to something. I forgot about her. Is that a hostile work environment? That sounds like a great work environment yeah. to me. Maybe Sarver turned... Maybe server turned into Chuck. I'm not paying $4,000 for that's that. That's what made it hostile. That was a one-time event, boys. Oh, man. Chuck, how come my check's been docked? Yeah. <laughs> Got to pay for the whores. The whores. <laughs> my contract says you can't dock for whores. Oh, really? Well, we're going to just scratch <laughs> that out this? then. Now make sure you turn your envelopes back in. Now your contract says you don't work here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most hostile thing I've ever heard. That is. about that. For sure. You know, you've gone through two envelopes this year. <laughs> we had to give our paycheck envelopes back to the station to save money. I couldn't believe that. First time I got it, I'm like, what the? I opened mine like an envelope the yeah, first because they were in our mailbox. Don't do that. And JJ's like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, what? I tore the end off. No, 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 no. You got to use that. I'm like, what do you mean I got to use that? He goes, that's your envelope for your check for good. I'm like, it's what? <laughs> and then and then it became a contest of who can have the envelope last longer. I've had mine for 10 yeah. years. Yeah, all 13 <laughs> years until we got on. Uh, and I just now got auto pay this year because I hate it. But I, I, it was something glorious about getting a check in an envelope and throwing the envelope away after the new owners came. Oh, it's what it's a weird I'm going to call the lawyer. I'm going to make my billions, make people sell. Crazy. What do you uh, got? Unless there, we got Madball, uh, Metallica, ACDC, Motorhead, Dying Fetus, Velvet Revolver, Body Count. And uh, for the B-Boys, somebody hit us up with Anthrax, <laughs> I'm the Man, which seems kind of fitting. Fresh. Doing the B-Boy dance. Up there doing the B-Boy, in the B-boy pants. <laughs> I'm a B-Boy standing in my B-Boy stands. Uh, I like that one. You want to do I'm the man? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. For, for the, the B-Boys. B-Boy championships last night. I didn't even know it. On the same day that the WNBA had game two of the WNBA championships, the B-Boy world champions. Uh, they got the up. coverage. And they were on ESPN2, and I don't know where the WNBA game was. Maybe on, on the, the other ship. Maybe, <laughs> maybe deeper. 10, Outdoor Life Network, maybe. <laughs> the OLN. They've- Bravo. Something like that. Don't know. But uh, even if it was on the mothership of ESPN... Just one click down from ESPN is ESPN2, and it was the B-Boy Championship. So that was ESPN's programming last night. And in a way, brilliant, because they put crap on to make sure you watch their big... Like, if you're into sports, they took all the sports off of their other stuff, made a dance competition and cornholing, and then, uh, you know, there's some stuff on there. The Air Guitar, uh, a guy emailed and said uh, they had Air Guitar Championships on a few days ago. Probably... My guess is, while the WNBA is on, they're running air guitar, so you don't have any options if you want sports. Please, LARPing championships. It's got to happen. They do cornholing a lot, but I bet you that. And and by the way, the WNBA in all its glory, still no response from my, uh, I'll get a group of mascots together to beat your world champions. Promise. Uh, also, still standing, 
uh, let me put a team of eighth grade boys together and they will beat your world champions. Guaranteed. I just get to put my eighth grade team together and they will beat them. Uh, the WNBA was bragging yesterday. They, they have a ratings high for their playoffs this year. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, they're averaging 400,000 a game. That's huge. That's massive. Now, when you consider national audience, 400,000 is just zero. That is a zero share. That Has there ever been a um, terrible series or any program that was re-upped for a second season with 400,000? No. There is no way that if you had... You got a new guy in yeah, town. Yeah, that's right. You, you're going to get new programming immediately if 400,000 is the number. Conan O'Brien dipped below a million, and on cable, that's... You're, you're getting beat Only up. took about... But Conan got below a million. Jimmy Fallon doesn't get a million anymore on the on the mothership, on the NBC. Well, he does, actually. It depends on the demo, but he does. But that's terrible. They're looking at that as awful, and... They're, they're running it off the internet, but the WNBA is getting known, and they're bragging about it, which is hilarious. But I'd very much like uh, somebody from the WNBA to contact me because I will pay for the whole thing. I'll find investors. I will front this whole entire endeavor. One game, my eighth-grade boys that I put together, and I'll do it in two days. I'll just have a two-day tryout, and I'll put a team together, and I'll coach them. I'm not qualified to coach anything. I, I've coached 13-year-old kids in basketball. I know basics. I don't know how to. Work out. These kids will work it out. We'll street ball your world champions into the ground with my eighth grade team. I guarantee it. And, I, and nobody will call me back. And then I put the, the mascots up as well. That's going to be a little tougher because I think Mr. Met's going to demand money. Stanford Cardinal certainly is going to be a tough travel. There's a lot of, there's a lot of expenses. Flying them in. I will pay for that. If you say yes. And the Connecticut Sun or the Las Vegas Aces come out of this on top, and they're in on it. I will pay to have the mascots come down here and do this. And I will also keep an eye on the fact that the girls can't talk to my mascots because they'll offer like incentives for them to not win. I think they'll would be they? point shaving and bribing. I think they would. would they? The mascots no. don't really care. I, I'm convinced of it. It all the offers all stand, and we'll get more than four hundred thousand people watching my game. I guarantee that. I, I guarantee a million dollar or a million people watch uh, the eighth grade boys play the girls. I guarantee it. Four hundred thousand people—that's less than the population of Mesa. Yeah, so Mesa—that's national. In all the in all the United States, Mesa showed up for all of it, and they're bragging about it. That's their average. So there's some that are lower and a couple that are higher. But screw them. I hate the WNBA so much. Also, nobody's called me back on changing Diana Taurasi way to Al McCoy Boulevard. Which seems reasonable. I think after he uh, does this Grand Marshal thing, the Fiesta Bowl Parade or the Rose Bowl Parade. No, it's Fiesta Bowl. No one in that organization deserves something to be named after them more than Al. Diana Taurasi doesn't. Name take, a plaza after Central. her. Or a light pole or something. <laughs> just, just Central name Central Diana Taurasi. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let's replace one of those presidents that was a racist with Al McCoy Boulevard. Shazam! I've never said the N-word. Whoa, brother! As close as I've ever come. Anyway, what are you going to do? Uh, it's I'm the man. That's for Al McCoy right there. It's out of control now. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.